Um, we are really blessed today to have a friend with us who is going to preach the word into our hearts and souls and minds today. Uh, this is my friend, Dr. D. Stokes. So let's welcome Dr. Stokes here today. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really hard to give an introduction for her. Uh, there, there's so much that can be said. Um, everything from pastor, leader, um, professor, basketball coach. She was head, head basketball coach at East Carolina University and Winston-Salem State. That's a big deal. It's really cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and um, so a lot that can be said about her. But the word that just keeps coming back to mind for me is leader. Um, and in that, I mean a Holy Spirit anointed, very clearly Jesus called and gifted leader. Uh, we have become friends through working together um, with churches and church planters and pastors uh, in North Carolina and beyond. And I see that over and over again, that she is a respected leader. When she speaks in a meeting, everyone turns and listens to what she has to say um, because there's a weight of authority in what she has to say. Um, people respect her. And uh, she is just, yeah, that's the word that just keeps coming to mind for me is leader. Um, and in that, as you'll hear as she speaks into us today, um, a leader who follows Jesus and is willing to move where the spirit is leading her. So let's open up our hearts, our minds, our souls. Let's be prepared uh, to have the word shape us today. The Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you, uh, Pastor Matt. I'm so excited to be here, and I brought some friends with me. Can you see the Wheatleys over here? Uh, Dr. Sid Wheatley, Pastor Dr. Sid Wheatley, and Linda Wheatley. I always call her Pastor Linda. She hates it when I do that, but that's who she is to me. Uh, they were my ride this morning, my chauffeurs, my support, my amen corner. Now, listen, y'all are... Uh, a quiet bunch, but I like it when people talk back to me. Uh, I don't want to feel like I'm in the room by myself. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I hear Pastor C. Can somebody else say amen? When I was a basketball coach, I used to tell them that a quiet gym was a losing gym, that we had to talk to, uh-oh, that we had to talk to each other in the gym to know that we were involved. So come on, let's talk for Jesus this morning. As you're turning in your device or Bible, now I like to use uh, fancy uh, old-fashioned Bibles. I actually have a new Bible today. It only has four books in it, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, and Habakkuk. And I want you to turn, so that's fancy for me, listen, because I'm old school. I'm older than I look. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you can laugh. And if you turn to Habakkuk, it is my... Um, process, if you will, that people would stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Would you do that in reverence to his word? Habakkuk 1, we're going to begin there. We're going to read the first five verses, and then I'm going to put it all together. We're going to preach the whole book. It's just a little book, and then I'm going to put it all together for you. Everybody there say amen. Amen. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Oh Lord, how long? 
Shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Look, the Lord says, among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Before you sit, let's pray. God, we love you. Lord, we give you honor, glory, and praise today. Speak to us, speak through us, speak in spite of us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You're my redeemer, you're my rock, you're my healer, you're my savior. God, help us today and touch us today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I asked Pastor Matt if we could raise the lights a little bit, if it's okay, if it won't mess up your broadcast, because i like to see you. Instead of you just seeing, that's it. All right. That's, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not going to see you then. All right. Habakkuk's name. Let me, well, let me give you a title, I guess. Uh, do y'all have my title up there? Living in the yet, Y-E-T, when questioning God brings joy. Living in the yet, you don't have to put it up. When questioning God brings joy. Habakkuk's name means strong embrace of God. I feel the spirit so I can see all of a sudden. Praise God. He was the last prophet before the destruction of Jerusalem. Rabbinical tradition says he is the son of the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings 4.16, the one Elisha raised from the dead. You might want to keep your Bibles open because I'm an expository preacher. I don't go far from the text and I don't tell a lot of stories. Uh, he prophesied the coming of the Babylonian captivity over Judah. Habakkuk was a contemporary of Jeremiah, Zephaniah, and Nahum. He uh, may have been a prophet on the temple staff. You see, the temple staff prophets led the people in worship and responded to the people when they came seeking divine guidance by inquiring of God for an answer. Paul in Acts 13 quoted Habakkuk 1.5 and also quoted Habakkuk 2.4b. The just, the righteous, shall live by faith. In Romans 1.17 and Galatians 3.11, and lastly he quoted, the and the writer of Hebrews quoted it as well in Hebrews 10.38. You see, Habakkuk is complaining. He's lamenting. We'll get to that in a minute. About the violence the, the strife, the injustice, the conflict, Judah's wickedness, the problems with Babylon, and that God was letting them off the hook. Come on, follow with me now. See his questions in 1, 2a. How long shall I cry for help and you will not hear God? How long? Or cry to you violence and you will not save in 1, 2b. The prophet knew and we know that God hears all prayers. But what he meant was, when, God, are you going to respond? I know you hear me, God. But when are you going to respond? How long will I have to keep calling for help before you respond, God? Come on, somebody in this room is 
asking the same question. How long, God? I'm struggling with whatever you're struggling with. And you're asking, how long will it take for you to respond? But I'm going to encourage you today that God will respond. He was honest with God about his doubt. Come on, have we been honest with God? See, God is a big God, and he can handle the questions. You're not going to scare him. You're not going to run him off. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, people online, are, are, you, are you witnessing this? Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so he's a big God, and you can question. You can ask why. See, I grew up. People told me, you don't ask God, why not? He can, we want to know why. We want to know how. We want to know when. We want to know the time period. We want to know A, B, C, D. And God can handle our questions and our doubt. We need to go to God first before turning to human ears. He asked the question, why do you make me see iniquity and why do you oddly look at wrong? Come on, I read it to you in the text. This tiny book uses the term violence six times. It is something greater than physical brutality. Author and scholar Constable states it refers to flagrant violation of moral law by which someone injures his fellow man. Any ethical wrong. There was wickedness and destruction and contention and strife in the land. We tend to doubt God when he seems inactive. I guess I can't get no witness. I'll be my own. I'll be my own witness. We seem to doubt God when he seems inactive. Since God had not intervened, all hell was breaking. Can I say that in here? All hell was breaking loose in Judah. Injustice, perversion, ignoring God's laws, evil of all kind was taking place. Author Gablin wrote, when magistrates permit murder, theft, fornication, and the like to go unchecked and unpunished, God calls the whole nation to accounting. The unpunished crimes pollute the land, becoming a growing mortgage against all upon which God may finally foreclose, driving some inhabitants away, destroying others, and permitting different peoples to dwell in the land in Quote, the question I have to you is, are we as people of God declaring boldly to the world that we and God are against injustice of all kinds? I'll sit that right there. Are we declaring to the world about the injustice of all kinds? Or are we letting it go unchecked of all kinds? Not just the ones our friends say are unjust or inhumane. Not just the ones your political party says are unjust or inhumane. Not just the ones the church says are unjust or inhumane. But all kinds, every kind of injustice we need to speak against as the body of Christ. He asked another question. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? Why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? Is he the traitor then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? That's toward the end of chapter one. Habakkuk is lamenting similar to the Psalms of lament. We're going to come back to that here in a minute. But after his questions, after his complaints, he says that he will take his stand. Chapter two, verse one I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say. God will say to me 
and what I will answer concerning my complaint. He didn't get off his post. He went through some stuff. He questioned God. He's lamenting, God, help me. I can't do this by myself. But yet he's on his post. He didn't give up his assignment. Let me say it in 21st century language. He didn't give up his assignment. He didn't run away from the church. He didn't run from the body of Christ. He didn't run away from God. Even if you left the church, please don't leave God, but please come back to the church. He was on his post. If preaching was what he was supposed to do, he preached. If praying is what you're supposed to do, you pray. If singing is what you're supposed to do, you sing. If witnessing is what you're supposed what we're all supposed to do, then we should witness. If evangelism is your thing, evangelize. Whatever your thing. If teaching is your thing, teach. If you're supposed to be a police officer, be a police officer. Come on, let me bring it home now to you. If you're supposed to be a student, be a student. But do not get off your post. People listening in your living room, do not get off your post. Do not, not do, that's a double negative, what God told you to do. Whatever his will, whatever his assignment is for you, you must maintain it. You must do it. And you need to do it with excellence. You can clap. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Do it with excellence. Do it with exuberance. Do it with enthusiasm. Don't go around with your head down. Oh, I got to go to this today and I got to go to. No, that's your assignment. Be excited about your assignment. And do it because God told you to do it, not because man told you to do it. He's on his post. Faithfulness is the key, people of God. You must be faithful to your assignment. I was in a group of, 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 of young innovators. I call them all young because they're younger than me. Innovators. And, and one said faithfulness lives outside the system. See, our system tells you to quit. Our system in, in, in our society tells you to divorce, give up, don't try. Our system tells you to run from place to place when you get mad, when somebody didn't speak to you when you came in. Our system says go to another church. But you see, faithfulness lives outside of that. And it is our faithfulness to God that he wants to see. We should be faithful, see. Uh, success in my mind is faithfulness to God and moving with the Spirit. That's it. It's not wins. It's not losses. It's not how many members you got. It's none of that. I hate counting members, as a matter of fact. It's none of that faithfulness to God. And listening and moving with the Spirit equals success, people of God. We must be faithful. Faithful. Jeremiah preached for 40 years, never saved anybody. But he did it anyway. Then the Lord answers, back to chapter 1, verse 5, the Lord answers, even in the middle of Habakkuk's complaint, the Lord answers, look among you. See what's going on around us. See, we're too busy looking at ourselves. Wonder and be astounded, for I'm doing a work. And listen, listen, listen. I don't care about the pandemic. He's doing a work. I don't care what's going on in your life. He's doing a work. I don't care what you've suffered with even this week. He is doing a work and in, in our day, and we don't even believe it. Take our eyes off of what's happening in Judah. Take your eyes off of that and look around. That's what the Lord is saying. We not only get caught up in, in what is only happening in the U.S., but 
we get caught up in what's happening in my church and my neighborhood and my family with my friends. We need to look around and see in other places and we will be astonished. God is doing something new. Isaiah said a new thing, right? God is doing something new in our day that we don't fully understand and really can't believe even, even if he sat on our bed one night and told us. God is intruding again on sin like he did 2,000 years ago and on pain and disaster and the pandemic and racial unrest and the fires out west and the election. And you can name all kinds of things. He is intruding on that stuff. He's in the midst of it. Maybe the pandemic, a friend of mine said this, I got to quote it. Maybe the pandemic and all we're going through in this time of exile is the saving plan of God to deliver us from where we were headed. The saving plan of God. Maybe he allowed it to save us. Come on. Come on, it's biblical. Maybe he allowed it to save us. We might have been headed for destruction or World War II or something even worse than that. But here we sit, still here. Come on. You, 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 I don't say this much, but you ought to look at your neighbor with your mask on and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. And you ought to be thankful. Come on, somebody ought to be shouting right now. I'm still here. I could be dead in my grave. I'm still here. God has a purpose for my life because I'm still here. God's answer to Habakkuk was that he was raising up the Babylonians to overtake them and really save them from themselves because God is truly in control. God taught them a lesson and he's teaching us one now as well. Are we learning? Are we learning? God was not going to leave the Babylonians alone and not deal with their wickedness. It would all happen in time. He was and is in control. Another author said this, God may seem to be strangely silent and inactive in provocative circumstances. He sometimes gives unexpected answers to our prayers and he sometimes uses strange instruments to correct his people, In quote. The Lord also tells Habakkuk to write the vision. You, you've heard this uh, quoted a lot of times. Make it plain, write it very clearly so that those who read it can understand it. The vision will arrive in its due time. It will not lie and it will not be late. And everyone who reads it should go and tell everyone else. Then the just shall live by faith. I want to prophesy this morning, Pastor Matt, would you receive this? That the vision, that God has laid out for this place will come to pass in due season in the name of Jesus. Don't grow weary in well-doing, but you shall reap if you faint not. So I speak a faint not over this place today. I speak a faint not that people would not grow weary. I decree and declare now in the name of Jesus. If you're watching online that you will not, everybody in this place, and that you will not grow weary. You will not get tired. That a supernatural strength and a supernatural 
ability would come over this place. Come on, receive. If you receive it, just lift your hands that a supernatural strength would come over this place. Come on. Even if you're not a part of this ministry, lift your hands. If you're at home, lift your hands. A supernatural ability and strength to, to love Chapel Hill would overtake this place and that there would be a I, I hear the word tsunami, if you will, of love in Chapel Hill in the name of Jesus. Come on, receive that. That's straight from the Lord. We see the character of God in his answers and in his kindness to answer. What grace the Lord showed Habakkuk. God is not mad at Habakkuk and he is not mad at you. God did not mind nor shy away from his doubts nor his questions. Just don't disbelieve or disobey. You can doubt, but don't disbelieve or disobey. There is a difference between honest doubt and, and deliberate disobedience, an author says. He delights in you, and when you delight in him, he gives you the desires of, of your heart. Jesus meets our questions, our doubts, our concerns, and our lament with hope. Here's the good news, chapter 3. <laughs> Habakkuk's prayer, his song of joy and his delight after his time spent with God. I've given you the bad news. I'm going to give you the good news. Chapter 3 is a liturgical psalm. He prays with peace and trust in God. Habakkuk's faith and trust in God have increased. Listen. His engagement and his time spent with God, although he was lamenting and questioning and doubting, has increased his intimacy with God. Devastating circumstances cannot and will not inhibit our faith, and it only helped to increase Habakkuk's faith. You have got to spend time with the Lord if you want your faith to be increased. You have got to spend time with God if you want your intimacy with him to increase. And even if you're crying and whining and lamenting and complaining in your time with God, it still will increase your faith. What if this were the church? What if this were you? I, time well spent with God. Habakkuk got a greater revelation of who God is. And when you get a greater revelation of who God is, you get a greater revelation of who you are. Habakkuk developed an unshakable faith and knew that God was in control and fully committed to his covenant people. You see, Jeremiah in the Psalms taught us how to lament. And we need to lament in America. We're going we're gonna to do that here in a second because this is important. I have been saying this the entire time we've been in the pandemic, that we need to lament. I've been telling pastors, I've been coaching that. I've been telling every, on webinars and anywhere I can tell people that we need to lament. I've had people lament. I'm going to continue to have people lament because as a matter of fact, the, the title of this message, the first part, Living in the Yet, is my theme for 2022. I'll get to it and explain it here in a moment. But I saw on social media the other day that a pastor was having a lament service. Because we need to lament, people of God. Come on, stand with me. We're going to do that right now. You see, joy only comes in the morning after a night of mourning. Joy only comes in the M-O-R-N-I-N-G 
after a night of M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, sorrow, grief, and lament. I want you to take a moment. Now, I know you sitting next to your friends and, and we all, ho you know, lovey-dovey and cozy. But if you want to change your posture for a moment, if you want to walk around, I know this is unorthodox, but I'm an unorthodox preacher. So I'm sorry if you don't like it, but we're going to do it anyway. I want you to move from your friend. Move away from the person you're sitting next to. Go to the end of the aisle. Go to the back of the room. Come to the front of the room. Come stand up here with me if you want to. But I want to take a moment and I want you to talk to your God. You don't have to be loud like me or you could be loud like me. It doesn't matter because nobody's listening to you. God is listening to you right now. So tell him your doubts. Tell him your fears. T ask him your questions. Do that now. Come on. I need you to talk to God. Don't look at me. Don't listen to me. Talk to your God. As a matter of fact, drown me out. I'm going to keep talking anyway because I got a few things to say this morning. How long, God? How long? Come on, if you're in your living room, I need you to change your posture. Go to the kitchen. Go somewhere else. Take a moment and lament. Come on, there's something that you need to tell your God this morning. Just tell him. Why? How long will the cancer last? How long, God, will the relationship be broken? How long, God? When am I going to understand this class that I've been taking, God, I'm struggling in? How long? How do you tolerate the wicked? What, why are you silent, God? How can you allow suffering? How long, oh God? How long must we suffer? Come on, talk to your God. Come on, tell him I, I got a few things I need to know too, God. But come on, answer our prayers this morning. Hear our cry this morning, God, in the name of Jesus. How long must we suffer? How long will the wicked prevail, God? How long will this virus be with us? How long will folks cry in the streets about injustice? How long will we suffer for the color of our skin? How long, oh Lord? How long? How long must we wait for deliverance, God? How long? How long? Come on, what is it that you need an answer for today? Come on, everybody in this room, cry out to God. I don't care if you're working or whatever you're doing. Cry out to God. If you're at home, come on, ask him what you need to ask him. How long, God? How long? Come on, we, lament should be a practice that we should do in our homes, that we should do in our churches. How long, God? But after we lament... We remember that God is in control no matter what the circumstances look like. And we find joy. Come on. We find joy in him. We find joy in you, God. You are our joy. You are our peace. You are our hope. You can return to your seat if you want to, or you can just stay right there and continue to lament. Because some of you got a whole lot of things that you need to ask God about. And it's okay. Nobody's judging you. But listen. Habakkuk says this at the end of Habakkuk in the third chapter he says this though the fig tree should not blossom 
nor fruit be on the vines. <laughs> the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no fruit. Food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Habakkuk says, listen, people of God, though everything dry up, yet I'm going to rejoice. <laughs> if all my friends leave me, I'm going to rejoice. If my mother and father forsake me, I'm going to rejoice. Sing to God and rejoice before him. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in our sufferings and get perseverance, character, and hope. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In him our hearts rejoice. Rejoice means to exalt, to triumph. We rejoice in the God of our salvation no matter what. Yet we go through these things. We will rejoice. But some of you are living in the though. Though my friends left me. Though I got all these circumstances going on and I'm trying to get you to live in the yet. <laughs> you see, I'm living in the yet. That's my theme for 2022. I'm living in the yet. And, 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 and Habakkuk questioned God and he said, Though all this stuff could happen in my life, yet I will rejoice. <laughs> See, you got to live in the yet. See, when you live in the yet, you really live in the future. <laughs> I'm living in the future. I'm not living in the past. Though is in the past. Though is even sometimes in the present. I'm walking. See, God's already ahead of me. I got to catch up to him. So I'm living in the yet. <laughs> You better run to the yet. You better get to the yet as fast as you can get there. I'm living in the yet. Don't live in the though. Don't focus on the stuff that's happened or the stuff that's even happening in your life right now. Live in the yet. God is in the yet. <laughs> you are living in the though, but we need to live in the yet. Yet will I rejoice. Though he slay me yet. <laughs> yet. I will rejoice. And whatever comes my way, I will rejoice. I'm living in the yet. Come on, people of God. Are you living in the yet? You need to get there with me. Come on, get on the train. Ride the train. Because I'm living in the yet. Yes, all these things have happened to us. And don't be mistaken, we're still living in a pandemic. But yet, I'm rejoicing. I'm still here. You're still here. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you for all that you've done today. We thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Help us now to respond to your word. Help us to respond to your word now in the name of Jesus. We honor you in this place. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? I, I believe that when you hear the word, read it, recite it, memorize it, preach to it, when you, it's preached to you, whatever, lectured, that you must respond to God's word. So I want you to respond, even if it's just in your heart today. If you, if you want to respond by coming up here and, and me praying for you, I would love for you to do that. 
But even if you just respond in your heart, that's enough today. What is the Spirit saying to you now? What is the Spirit saying to you now? Anyone, if you want to come, come. I won't assume that everyone in here is saved. Have you confessed the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart? Did God raise him from the dead? If you want to be saved, come. I won't assume, because that's my job not to assume, but to help you. So come if you want to do that. Come if you want prayer. Come on, respond in your heart now. What is the Lord saying to you? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. How does your faithfulness look? Because his faithfulness is great. His faithfulness is great. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Father, in Jesus' name now we pray. We pray for Pastor Matt. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would extend his days, satisfy him with long life, but also extend the days that he has here on the earth, God, that he can do for you, not for man, but that he can do for you what you have assigned him to do in the earth in the name of Jesus, that he would do it with vigor, give him strength, God, supernatural strength, that he would do it with enthusiasm, that he would... Um, be able to spend time with his family. All of that is included, God, in all of the things that you've assigned him to do in the earth. And so, God, we we give you glory now, and we pray for your anointing. Anoint him now, right now. In the name of Jesus, from the top of his head, God, to the sole of his feet now, anoint him afresh, God, to do your will. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>